the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Only two Gospels give any details of the birth and infancy of Jesus, Matthew's Gospel and Luke's Gospel. St. Luke gives us the perspective of Mary with the Annunciation, the Magnificat, and the refrain that Mary, quote, pondered all these things in her heart. St. Matthew gives us the perspective of Joseph. In Matthew, the Lord appears to Joseph three times in a dream. First, to tell him not to be afraid to take Mary for his wife, despite the unplanned pregnancy. The second time, to tell him to take the Holy Family and flee to Egypt from the wrath of Herod. And the third time, in today's Gospel, to tell them to take the child Jesus back to Israel. These dreams highlight Joseph's role as protector and provider for Jesus. And they also call to mind the Old Testament Joseph, who was able to interpret dreams. A notable aspect of the infancy narratives is that the Redeemer of the world is subject to the ordinary injustices and indignities of life. The Holy Family must travel 80 miles in the late stages of a pregnancy because Caesar commanded a universal census. That is an 80-mile walk, not an 80-mile drive in the back seat of a modern car. The family is poor. Jesus is born in the ordinary home of a relative, which is so full of guests that a crib must be created out of an animal feeding trough. The Holy Family had to flee to Egypt to escape Herod, and upon return they had to move back to northern Israel because enemies were still lurking in the regions of Jerusalem. If we did not understand this story through the lens of the Bible, we might view the Holy Family as cursed rather than blessed. However, The Bible tells us that the inconvenient travels of the Messiah and the trials, including the tragedy of the Holy Innocents, are fulfillments of prophecy. The trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem was necessary because the prophet Micah had said that the the Messiah had to be born in Bethlehem. The flight to Egypt was necessary for Jesus to reenact the story of Israel. The relocation to Nazareth fulfilled the prophecy that he would be called a Nazarene, a problematic prophecy probably rooted in the relationship of the word Nazareth to the Hebrew word for branch and the various prophecies in Isaiah that speak of the Messiah as a branch. Thus, every movement of the Holy Family required by the whim or wrath of rulers becomes the fulfillment of prophecy. So who is in control here? Caesar Augustus, Herod the Great, Archelaus, or God? This fulfillment of prophecy is not the prediction of specific events per se. Rather, Jesus fulfills prophecy in the sense that he brings Israel's story to its intended fulfillment. The themes of his life, 
the inconvenient travel, the fierce opposition, the brutal attempts to remove him as a threat, are themes of Israel's story in every age. What is unique about Jesus is that he is faithful through it all, obedient unto death, as Philippians says. The faithfulness of Jesus fulfills Israel's story, fulfills Israel's vocation, and reveals Jesus to be God's true and authentic son. In the Bible, God works out his purposes in and through ordinary life in history. God saves his people through their trials, not from their trials. This makes salvation real and historical. God conquers real enemies in real life. And God's purposes cannot be thwarted by evil people or the evil one, despite their best attempts. As Romans 8.28 says, quote, God works in all things for good for those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. This highlights one of the many biblical paradoxes, the tension between God's sovereignty and human free will. A paradox consists of two seemingly contradictory things that are both true. God is all-powerful. What he says will happen. Yet human beings have free will to say no to God and even to fight against his purposes. The tension between God's sovereignty and human free will is resolved in the person of Jesus, who is both God and man. The Son of God became man to exercise his human free will by offering himself freely and willingly to God. His exercise of human free will to fulfill the Torah restored the harmony between God and humanity, between God's will and human will. The faithfulness and obedience of God's Son is what conquers the power of evil. Caesar can make the Son of God travel. Herod can brutally kill the innocents. Pilate and the Jewish leadership can sentence the Son of God to death. But as we know from the theme of the story, even the cross will be the fulfillment of prophecy and the gateway to the resurrection. We are baptized into Christ. Our lives in Christ share the themes of his life. We can expect trial, opposition, and exile. We can expect our time in the wilderness and our share of the cross. But as we follow Christ in faith and faithfulness, we cannot lose because he has already won and we have won in him. This is especially applicable to the current season of time when the world seems so chaotic and out of control. There is great anxiety about the future. God is no less present and in control in our world than he was in the first century events when Jesus was born. God's purposes for his people 
cannot be overthrown by any decision of any person in the world. Reflection on God's sovereignty should help us to be more contemplative and reflective and less fearful and anxious during this season. It should encourage us to follow the example of Mary who pondered all these things in her heart. Of course, we want the freedom to resume normal life and community, just as the Holy Family wanted to escape the wrath of Herod. There are other things to focus on also. How is my life story in Christ unfolding in new ways and according to God's plan during this season? What lessons is God teaching me? What unique opportunities are present now? God works in all things for good for those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. And this season of time is included in all things. We are beginning a new year when people talk about the new things they will do. As Christians, the newness of the year for us is always the newness of freedom, of life in Christ, who makes all things new. Our epistle lesson today proclaims, quote, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is a passage Jesus used to begin his ministry in Luke's gospel. It proclaims the good news in terms of the Old Testament jubilee year, during which debts were canceled, slaves were set free, and land lost through debt was restored to its original owner. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him to preach the good news of freedom to us. If we live in Christ, then his story is our story. Our enemies serve God's purposes. Our captivities are purifying and redemptive. We always look forward to an exodus or return from exile. Our narrative is always moving forward to an ultimate and inevitable Easter triumph. The big issue for us is faith and trust. Can we really trust that God is in control in the midst of all we are going through and all we see happening in the world? The really good news is that God is in control whether we believe it or not. His power in our lives does not depend upon our ability to fully see it or understand it. We can pray for increased faith. We can pray, quote, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. We can pray for the grace to see God's sovereign hand in all things and for his peace and his joy to triumph over the fear and anxiety that come 
from worrying about things in the world that we cannot control. For God is in control, despite all appearances to the contrary. As Jesus said, quote, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And again, quote, Do not fear, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.